Welcome back, everyone, to the After Hours Adventures podcast. I am your eternal dungeon master, Jonathan Eugene Yan, joined once more by the money grubbing trio, aka my close friends and people that I forced to play D anD D with me, even online. First, we have uh, Eric Miguel. Hello. I love how you leaned real nice and close and made a face before. Fucking okay. Um, next, we have uh, Michelle on. Hello. And lastly, uh, coming out of the <laughs> coming out of the the the, the goddamn it no coming out of the cloud of fog uh, the cloud of fo- the cloud of smoke the, yeah 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 Chris Angel fucking mind freaking us oh uh, we have Kylie Gibson <laughs> the one the only the wonderful Tara Battle Cry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my fucking god. This character is literally just like your rendition of Toph, right? Right? Yeah. I feel like we talked about that, oh, right? Oh like my god. John Cena. That's perfect. That's perfect. Toph would have wanted, wanted it no other oh way. Oh god. Oh god. No fucking. Uh, Tara's about to start going around like with a hand waving in front of her face, just fucking going up to nobility and be like, fuck you. You don't see me. Doing the oh, I just knocked my mic a little. Hit like doing the fucking. This doesn't translate well to radio, but like doing the the hand, the, the fucking thing John Cena does. Look, you can't see me. Good God. Um, are you so sure we about are back that? Once, please stop. <laughs> we are back once again. Um, no, uh, we're doing a surprisingly enough. Uh, at the After Hours Adventures podcast, we believe in um, not accommodation. What the fuck? Uh, 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 no, it, I almost had it for a sec. Um, the word that means doing things occasionally and not always what is it called there's a smart word for this and i'm really blanking i feel really dumb right now but i'm still recording yeah i was gonna say (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah sporadically no no inconsistently what was that michelle that's just secret (laughs) moderation That's not oh. what you gave us to work with. Yeah. I I don't know, man. Okay, <laughs> that's on you. We're already it's we're already. Cool. Okay. okay, guys, guys, guys. Look, here were the train tracks. <laughs> yeah, here were the train tracks. I was the train. I just went. <laughs> just fucking, oh god. Uh, okay. Anyways, um, before we get started, so we're doing a <laughs> God going back to why I was trying to say it at the After Hours Adventures podcast. We believe in doing things and when our Jesus, in moderation, which is why today uh, we're actually been doing a, a sober recording. Um, don't worry. Uh, while we're doing a sober recording, I just finished uh, being at a club and drinking, so I'm still fairly buzzed. So we have a we have a buzzed DM, um, but we're going to be okay. Well, Kylie's Kylie's cloud of smoke is still a cloud. God fucking damn it! You don't need to demonstrate right now, Kylie. I really wish that this was a YouTube video and not a podcast so they could have seen you hop around your dab rig like a T-Rex. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Anyways, um, so we're not doing punishment shots, although if you guys want we can keep a fucking counter and just have that be in the future or some shit, but um... With all that out of the way, in terms of substances, um, before we get back to our money grubbing trio, let's do a quick little recap. <clears throat> Last time, our money grubbing trio plus their pet direwolf met up after Davina trained Cody in some canine shenanigans, and Tucker caught a sneaky little shit trying to spy on him. After some interrogation on Tucker's part, the group met and decided to go to Town Hall to hear about the new embassy-given bounties. It was a lucky day, and every embassy had representatives at Callowick Town Hall, offering gold and other things in exchange for requests. Tara briefly entertained the representative from R, a squid-faced apparition who wanted to purchase a memory of hers, the all-important memory she had of emerging from the depths before she broke off the deal. The group viewed and listened to all the other representatives before going to the Renaissance table last, where there was an ethereal celestial Asimar who was partial to Davina. He told the group of a 360 gold reward request the embassy had for escorting a cleric to exercise a possibly cursed urn. The group took the job, and the Asimar gifted Davina with a platinum, calling it a portion of tithings and a blessing. And... That is where we are now. So, 
you guys are now kind of standing the three, sorry, four, gotta remember Cody, uh, group mascot, so to speak, uh, beloved by all. Um, the four of you guys are standing kind of outside of Town Hall proper now. Um, not like on the steps necessarily, but kind of around the corner, uh, next to some columns, pillars, out of the way a little bit. So that, yeah, you guys are outside. Um, Cody is tired, uh, laying down, uh, chin on paws. What would you guys like to do? Ah! Ah! Woo! Woo! What are we cheering about? Money! Yeah, money! For free money? Yeah! What do you could do with it? Oh, I don't know yet. You could eat I could... many things. Or I could buy that ticket finally. You could split it with us. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Which drink it? Oh, oh, the lady with the smoke. Uh, we went to a shop and there was smoke everywhere. <gasps> lady Madeline. Is that where the drink it is? Yeah, we could buy it from her. Hey, is there any way we can, um, stash the pooch? Who? Cody? Cody, you want to go into a hole, but you want to go underground. You're not going to come with us? I don't think it's a good idea. Oh, okay. I mean, can I ride him? I'm going to try to get on him. He's laying on the floor, so you kind of just use him like a little bed. You, you try to sit on him? Can I ride this animal? Maybe in the No, future. not yet, not yet. Yeah, not yet, but ooh. I'm gonna, yeah, Into no, battle. No, I'm gonna stand <laughs> over him as if I am riding him and to see how big he would have to be. Like, you know what I mean? I'm gonna, gonna imagine the dog in the place where the dog is. I'm gonna stand over him and pretend like I am riding him and, and be like, he's not really um there yet. I mean, you also did, you know, land uh, ass first on his probably mom at some point to kill her. So, yeah, I'll say you probably have a little bit of experience with this. Uh, why don't you go ahead and give me a nature check? Sounds appropriate. Nineteen. Appropriate. Holy shit. Uh, Nineteen. So, he doesn't need to be a full adult. Honestly, like, you re- recollect uh, that his parents were likely full adults, uh, the three that you guys had killed. Um, and... I mean, at that size, you were basically like an infant on their back. Um, he doesn't need to be fully, fully grown for you to be able to ride him into battle. But yeah, so Tara kind of stands over him, hands on hips, I imagine, just kind of like thinking, imagining. You guys see gears turning in her head, a little bit of possible smoke coming out of the back of her head as she exerts. Um, but it doesn't really occur to you guys anywhere that'd be easy to... Uh, as Tara eloquently put it, put it, stash the pooch. Although, Tucker, go ahead and give me a, I'll say a, a insight or history check with advantage. Oh. He, is he got a six. I did say advantage. Oh, thank God. Ten. Oh. <laughs> with the modifier. Um, yeah, you, you think of a place. Uh, Madeline Barrel, um, you did just clear out the, 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 the cellar, the basement. And I mean, uh, he probably, he's, he's teething. Um, and Osley does have. He could fight off a rat, right? He could pretty easily, yeah. And also, Osley definitely has some, like, freezer burned potatoes that he could probably gnaw on that like he's not going to be able to sell anyways so he could probably have Osley give him that he would low-key have fun with those rats horrifyingly enough yeah he can level up while we're gone this is a good place and bird two stone wait what (laughs) two birds one stone and I'll help Oz with his rat problem yeah no basically I might know a place that we can take the dog and it'll be safe, mostly. Okay. Um, is he gonna eat and, like, friends to play with? You're just gonna trust that? Safe? Yeah. Yeah. Friends. Toys. (laughs) What more do you want for? 
Okay, where is this place? How do we know they're not going to take the dog? Uh, they have a problem that we'll be solving by putting it there. Don't you worry about that. And I'll start walking. Oh, yeah. See, if maybe they have a problem, yeah, it'll be fine. I'm going to trail behind the mommy. I'm going to skip behind the... Well, no, you got to get the dog to follow, Davina. Oh, me? Okay. Skip with the dog. Yeah, well, I skip with the dog. We're both skipping. <laughs> God. <laughs> Um, as you guys head to uh, the Madeline Barrow, aka Tucker's secret hidey shell, um, you guys, fucking Davina, you try to try to teach uh, Cody your uh, your your horse tap dancing routine. As you guys go, you try to kind of teach him while just not in horse form, just like tap tap tap. And Cody's just trying a little bit, kind of just keeps on doing that thing where he like wiggles his butt like a cat and pounces in the air and lands on all fours, looks to you for approval. You look confused, he looks confused, he, tr he tries it again. I tried imagining what that would look like, but I can't see it as tap dancing and more of like an Irish dancing sort of thing. <laughs> With a straight leg, you know? Oh, Christ. Like um, <laughs> boys got hops. I pictured Davina going, Tap, 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 tap. And then Cody, like a puppy, just with his little tippy-tappy paws, just going, I know, just like a little wobbly, like, kind of like get the moves oh, down, God. right? Yeah, but he's, uh, he, he'll probably be ready for, like, uh, you know, cotillion or some other form of dance in, like, you know, a few weeks. He, he's a fast learner. Um, dog-tillion. Wolf-tillion? Wolf-tillion. Um, but you guys go to the Madeline Barrel, and Tucker, you Back lead door. them to this... Oh, you, you go through the back door? Mm-hmm. But also, okay. I want to tell them to wait outside. Okay. So you guys follow Tucker around uh, a few alleyways. Um, funnily enough, earlier, while Cody was trying to find Tucker, you guys had stopped around this area. He had really stuck in this alleyway for a while, and now you guys are back, and it kind of occurs to you that... Huh, maybe there was a reason why Cody was so obsessed over this area specifically. Um, but you guys see that in this alleyway, it's empty. Um, there's kind of a large dumpster that's got a strange scent coming from it. And you guys see uh, there's, a, there's a nondescript back door. All right, you guys wait here. I'll take the dog in. And then I'm going to go and try and pick up the dog. Good luck. <laughs> I mean, he's a turtle. Let's see. Interesting. I'll say you can do it. Um, Cody's, no Cody's okay. tired. Cody's okay. tired. I'll, I'll say you can just do it. No roll. Uh, Cody's tired because normally he might like kind of flail a little bit. So one of those dogs, <laughs> he does not just like limp. He flails. Um, but I'll, I'll say you're able to pick him. He, he's tired. Ah, uh, yeah, wait, actually, he just finished a dance lesson. What am I talking about? He's very tired now. He's panting. Um, so you, you just kind of scoop him. Uh, he makes a slight kind of noise. Uh, Looks pleadingly to Davina. Oh, uh, I just say, it's okay. You're gonna have a lot of toys and friends to play with in there. We'll see you soon, okay? Be back soon. Don't fucking damage the steam. That's the last thing I want to <laughs> say before he goes in. <laughs> oh my god. Alright, and with, with the dog in my hands as I go in, instead of going straight to Oz, I'm going to go to the basement and drop the drop um, Cody off in there first. And you, you go downstairs, you drop him off. And find, find the potatoes and make sure that I like kind of, I don't know, like kick them in front of him or something. Yeah, yeah. You, you, so he's a, aware they exist. Cooling, there's a cooling box. Um, you grab some, some of the freeze-dried potatoes in there and toss one to him you roll it to him he looks at it curiously and starts to like gnawing it and um is there a a lantern on the wall in the basement there is okay can i light i'm gonna light that for him and then close the door and go talk to oz cool you do all that uh you can go talk to oz it is currently kind of between rushes it's getting a little bit towards the the later part of the day but nobody's really inside so as you go over you see osley is just kind of sitting and doodling as a matter of fact but as he sees you come up he kind of quickly stands up ah hey talk you're uh, you're back already hey oz two things for you Number one, I've solved your rat problem. Number two, I need some bacon. Uh, all right. Um, think I can probably cook some up. Uh, 
Might take a sec. Are you in a rush? A little bit. I've got an appointment after this that I got to get to. I don't need it cooked. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, All right. Kind of excited now. Remember, this guy wants to always hear about adventures and stuff. This sounds like to him like some fuckeries going on. So he quickly kind of goes uh, into a pantry and grabs some some strips of of, um, bacon, uncooked bacon, and kind of like is holding it with like a little uh, tray. All right. uh, What are we doing? Before I go. You don't need anything from the basement anytime soon, right? Nope. I went and stocked up. Uh, I got all of the the potatoes that I'm going to need for the next probably day and a half or so. Uh, Yeah, thanks again about that rat problem. Perfect. Cody's going to take care of the rats. And I grab the bacon from him. Who's Cody? I'm going to the basement and opening the door and kind of like assuming he'll follow me down as I bring the bacon to Cody. And I'm just going to kneel down and start talking to Cody like, who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? And like feed him the bacon. Uh, Cody eagerly gobbles it up, uh, almost bites off your hand while doing so, <laughs> but very, very quickly gobbles it up. And then uh, um, I'm assuming you would like probably bring like a bowl of water and stuff too. Uh, the, he has water. He starts to like slurp that up really loud. It'll just like like the, the you know, you know, the, the crazy. Oh, I assume log, there would just be like a sounds. leaky faucet in there or something. <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah, sure. There's a leaky faucet. <laughs> Tucker's trying, but he's not the best at hospitality. Fair, fair. Yeah, there's a leaky faucet. Um, Osley is quiet behind you. And then as you're feeding Cody this bacon, um, Osley kind of moves up beside you and starts to kind of scratch behind Cody's ear. Oh, I, I didn't know you had a... a... Uh, yeah, that, be careful. He's not tamed yet. <laughs> Interestingly enough... As Osley is kind of scratching and kind of inspecting Cody, you see Cody goes from nibbling on the pork belly to fully lying on his side and then rolling over until his chest is facing the ceiling. You see his chest begins to rise a little bit more rhythmically, like a little bit slower, like kind of deep breaths and such. And then eventually he just kind of breathes in really deeply and just does one of those like, like just the deep sigh and you see his eyes even start to close it occurs to you in this moment you remember something osley's not from the city like he's from Kalawak, but he grew up in the outskirts he probably dealt with more animals when he was younger and as a matter of fact as he kind of come to this realization he just kind of sighs do you uh do you need a you need a place for him to stay for a bit yeah he uh he doesn't really have anything to take care of him right now you see Osley grabs the dog's mouth, like his cheek, and pulls open a little bit, gently, gently, and kind of checks at his teeth. Oh, I, uh, it looks like he's, uh, huh. This is a really big puppy. Who would have thought we have a dog whisperer on our hands? Okay, um, yeah. Why, why were you, hold on, pause. Why were you milking a cow, Kylie? Because you were milking the man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm even Gross. more confused. <laughs> Eric enters through the back door and now he's milking somebody. <laughs> he like enters through the back door with the dog and then the guy's like, what's going on? And he's like, I've solved your, your problem. He's going to put him down there. I've solved your problem. He's going to put him down there anyway. But then the guy's like, does he have a place to stay? And Eric, instead of being like, yeah, your basement. I've solved your problem. You know what he says? He doesn't really have anybody to take care of. <laughs> That's why. Christ. Oh, I see. <laughs> fair, yeah, that fair. is what I'm doing. Animals, he's from the country. He, do- he doesn't really have anybody. Anybody to take care of. Jesus. Um... God, but yeah, Osley, Osley is just like, oh, yeah, I've, uh, I've never seen this, this breed of dog before. Uh, where, where'd you find him? In a uh, Mel Shadow Forest. Mel Shadow. I can't say I've been over there before, but um, all right, yeah, no, I'll, uh, I'll take care of him. Oh wow, yeah, he's, he's definitely. He's still inspecting the teeth, and uh, he gets like the front fangs, and uh, he, you see that they are not the same length for some reason. He's just like, ah, yeah, okay. Um, 
Oh, I see where you brought down some of the, the frozen potatoes. Yeah, that's good. Uh, he'll be able to gnaw on those. Um, Osley does, in fact, pick up <laughs> Cody. Uh, does a deep squat and kind of picks him up. Similar weight to like a sack of potatoes. And puts him on a sack of potatoes and then pulls over this, not like well-made, but essentially like an old potato bag and pulls it over Cody. And you see Cody just falls right asleep. Looks like you two will get along well. Osley better not get too attached to this dog. I mean, he's got to part ways at some point. Thanks for looking after him for me. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, how uh, how long do you need him? Or actually, uh, you know, uh, you you stay here. You'll, you'll, you'll come get him eventually, right? Yeah, should be back at least in a couple of days, and then we can figure out where to go from there. Okay, you don't mind if I, like, play with him, do you? No, your place, Osley. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> no, go for it. Great. Uh, yeah, I'll probably wait till he wakes up. I think I might... Uh, you know, it's crazy. When I, uh, when I used to live in the, the, the South Pit, um, I, uh, there was a few... Uh, uh, it's it's funny that I'm bringing this up. But there were a few wild dogs um, that lived in the forests and stuff that I would sometimes see it at, at the outer part of the farm. Um, and there were there were a few that were nicer. I think I still actually have some of the toys that I would try to get them to play with. Since you know, so boring back then, not living in the city. I'll, I'll I'll go and see if I can try to find some of those. Maybe. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Just make sure that you're careful, because like I said, he's he's not tame. Ah, he's a good boy. I'm sure he'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And then I get up and I and I walk away. <laughs> so you get up and you walk up the the stairs. Um, after a, a f- like a little bit of time passes, uh, Ozzy kind of follows you back up, and uh, you see he he looks very uh, excited for this uh, dog that he's watching for you. Um, and he kind of gently he he's very very gingerly uh, going up the stairs and closing like the trap door and stuff, being very careful not to make noise that might awaken. Cody, and then, uh, yeah, he kind of gives you a happy nod. Okay, I guess you, uh, you'll be off then? Yeah, I would tell you more, but this Dangerous, is kind of a big thieves, one. Dangerous, so. secrets, all the cool stuff. Uh, yeah, no, uh, just, you know, tell me about it when you can, all right? I know a lot of that stuff's uh, very um, privileged and stuff like that, but it, it'd be great to hear about it sometime. See you soon, Oz. Yeah, see you soon. Uh, do you want to... Uh, I think I might still have some leftovers if you want to take anything for the road. You said you won't be gone for like a couple of days. Yeah, if you've got any extra scraps, I've actually got a couple friends outside too, but only if you've got extra. Oh, why are they? Why are they? Why are they waiting outside? They can come inside. It's fine. It's the, no, the restaurant's right. empty. Uh, uh, okay. Um. All right. Yeah. I. Uh, I actually was kind of wondering if you might stop by again. Um, I uh, already prepared it earlier. um, And he he shows you there's like kind of a bag of um, like various like potato-y goods. Uh, They are a little bit cold at this point. Um, You immediately can tell that it's like kind of more leftovers from the lunch rush, um, but he kind of hands it to you. And that is, I will say, a day worth of rations that he has given to you. Thanks, Oz. I appreciate it. Of course. Yeah, I mean, it, it would have gone to waste anyways. And honestly, uh, I'm starting to think maybe if I keep that dumpster in the back a little bit more clean, maybe less rats will come by. I'm not really sure. But um, anyways, uh, I uh, I guess I'll see you later then. See ya. And I head out the back. And then I would like to say to Davina and Tara, all right, Cody will be good for a couple of days. I got us some rations. And uh, you can pay me back by getting the next ones. Does Davina really owe you after all the goods have done for you? You're right, she doesn't, but you do. <laughs> well, I really owe you after all the good I've done you. <laughs> oh, if it had only been the good and not all the shit that you've caused for me. Oh, come on, it was good shit. All right, all right. Only a dwarf would say that. As you guys are all standing here in this alleyway, I would like for you each to make a little, little perception check. Okay, come on. Oh! 23. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's too low. What'd we get? Uh, 
I got a two. Whatever bonus I get uh, for perception is probably not material. Eleven. Um, as you guys are standing here, kind of reminiscing over what has happened, you each feel a collective chill run up your spine. Collective chill? Does my does my twenty three give me any idea what it's Tucker? From? You feel a slight premonition. You don't have hairs on your neck or arms, but if you did, they would be standing up straight. My spines are tingling. Your spines are tingling, actually, as a matter of fact. (laughs) It feels like somebody's trying to tug at them. But as you guys are standing here, cold, cold sweat kind of starts to precipitate from your head as each of you feels suddenly the the precursor to what happens before somebody dies and as you guys are standing there a pebble hits the ground in front of you and you look up to see on top of the madeline barrel sitting on the edge of it swinging his short legs is ivan he starts to kind of whistle a jaunty tune And as he looks down at you guys, without saying a word, he looks to the sun. You guys notice that it's getting a little bit later in the day. He looks back to you guys, still smiling, but a feeling of seriousness is kind of transmitted by this expression and holds up a finger and taps his wrist a few times before he vanishes without moving, without casting any kind of spell or anything like that. He's just there one moment, and then the next you blink and he's gone. Your time is drawing near. Well, we should get going. Off then! (laughs) (laughs) Is that what Tara would say? (laughs) Uh, Let's not ignore that. Um, Let's go. Ivan scares me. Yeah, well, let's... He's nice, yeah. he's cool, but then he does shit like that. Let's just start walking. Like, who does that? So, with that no being unanswered, yeah, unanswered, you guys start walking your way down from this part of Kalawek to a different part of Kalawek. I believe I had said it is the southern part, but closer to Town Hall. So the further out from the city that you get, from Town Hall that you get, typically the kind of, uh, you know, the, the socioeconomic level goes down. Now the different quarters of Kalawek each have their own specialties, and because of that and the nobility that accompanies it, there are varying levels of wealth throughout anyways there are definitely certain areas of the city that are more rich more wealthy and areas that are less rich less wealthy however the area that you guys are going to in particular is an impoverished area for sure the southern side of the city has a lot of uh, a lot more focus on kind of crops and farms and such Um, they provide a lot of the food to city however there's not a lot of money going around in that way. Uh, they don't have like fine goods or anything like that. So it's very like working class. That being said, the specific area you guys are going to is a little bit infamous uh, amongst those that live in the city and are of a sound mind and will not just forget things about it. The area in particular, so I'll, I'll just tell you guys about this as you guys start to get close to it. In Southern Kalawak, there is a separated off little area. It's not actually separated, but if you, when you approach, you can tell visibly that this little block essentially is vastly different than the area surrounding it. This is the land owned by the Arantelli family. Now, the Arantelli family is extremely famous in Kalawak for their abilities as evocation casters. They create fire and cast elemental spells offensively, defensively. Um, Each of them has studied for years at the most prestigious schools in Kalawak. They are a very established 
noble family. The reason they are nobles is because they are tasked with protecting the city. They are essentially the, the bomber squad of the city. When a threat needs to be handled that is large and scary, you point a wizard, an Arantelli wizard, towards it, and a massive burst of flames will extinguish that threat to the city. There's been many times where the Arantelli family's abilities have been used to kind of leverage over other countries that have been trying, or other kingdoms that have tried to kind of bully around Kalok a little bit. So they are very important. To that end, because of their importance, they are extremely wealthy. They have a side uh, thing that they're well known for, which is um, they actually have a contract with a draconic creature. And through their co- uh, contract with that draconic creature from Martavir, they actually produce the city's finest dragon's gold gold that has been melted down and forged with the flames of a dragon so they are very very wealthy and this is a generational thing uh the family are all tieflings they have an infernal kind of bloodline to them as well and with their wealth they have basically appropriated kind of uh (laughs) an entire little area of southern Kalawak. um there are shops that are open specifically to sell things that they like. The merchants are paid and, you know, kind of a little bit strong-armed into moving there into the shittier area of Kalawak so that the people that are part of the nobility have somewhere to go to go shopping. There are brothels that have been opened with specifically uh, bordering from what Tucker has heard, because Tucker's the one telling you guys about this, bordering cringe levels of fetishization, fetishization almost, um, to kind of appeal to the noble family. Um, there's dozens of bookstores and various other things that are all basically just to appeal to the family. There are many restaurants, as a matter of fact, that are open to go along with their tastes. And if somebody in this block area kind of says something, does something, shows any slight offense towards the family, they are left out to dry. It seems a little ironic and maybe unwise that we're trying to kill him with destruction magic, um, seeing as they're very, like, powerful, kind of combat-minded. Yeah. It's supposed to... You guys are trying to make it look like an accident. Oh, okay, that makes more sense. But at the same time, if they're a group of tieflings, wouldn't they have a resistance to fire? Because, like, we're supposed to try to kill them with, like, fire stuff. So, like, I just feel like it's we didn't pick the best course of action. Or Ivan didn't. The thing is, though, and uh, you guys won't have to roll for this or anything like that. Any other method of assassination will be sussed out as an actual assassination. This is the one way where it's like, damn, he really fucked up with his spellcasting. Holy shit. So you guys approach and you guys start to see, uh, you guys are walking through this notably dirt path road. However, as you guys are walking after a while, you can hear it before you even see it. You hear rhythmic singing and chanting and musical instruments being played. You see flags waving with the ferret juggling fireballs and as you approach the sound gets louder and louder and louder and eventually you hear what they're singing do they sound like genuinely jolly or is this kind of like a fear praise like oh thank you so much like don't hurt us kind of thing or is it like this is what we do mundane that's that's a good question uh go ahead and roll me uh you guys can all roll me um i'll say insight checks Ah, three. Maybe we should switch. Ah. Uh, Does she get 11. advantage or not? No, but no advantage. Eight. Okay. Uh, um, you guys can't really make heads of tails or tails of whether or not like the, these people want to do this. I will say this. There's like dancers. They have like the fucking canes. They're doing like a full marching band thing right now. Full performance masks on. Yep. Um, you see the colors of the royal family everywhere, the emblems everywhere. It's honestly a truly gaudy experience. Um, as you guys approach, I imagine Tara's horrified. I, you, I'll let you guys describe exactly how you guys feel, but the song conveys the following. The song tells you guys the following. 
it tells you that Phoenix Arntelli, you guys' target, um, from the song, they say that he is the most gifted prodigious uh, or prodigy of your guys' generation and that he can... Um, he's named Phoenix after the flames that will burn all creation. Cinder... Arantelli is the patriarch of the family. Um, they talk a lot about about his conquests of other uh, of of other kingdoms in combat. Kenna Arantelli is the matriarch of the family. They actually don't talk much about her. She's kind of an afternote in the uh, the the song. You guys can't really tell if that's misogyny or if it's for some other reason, but they're very like brief on her let's just hope that phoenix doesn't also refer to him you know being reborn after he dies after we kill him mm. hope it's a one and done you know <laughs> otherwise that's gonna be really awkward yeah <laughs> can you yeah. imagine we burn him and we're like <laughs> and then we turn around and it just <laughs> oh, <laughs> he takes God. off into the night after us. <laughs> little baby face. <laughs> and can you imagine it's not even him? It's just a little angry bird. Just a little teeny tiny. <laughs> oh, Sorry. Terrifying. Proceed. I, I'm going to take another dab. So you guys are in this little mini, almost like a mini town, to be honest. Um, it is only like, it's a very large block, granted, but it is only kind of one block. But you can see the manor walls. There is like a manor inside this already like kind of changed area. And you see that all around this manor, there's a bunch of food merchants. And from what you guys remember from the assassination note that Ivan gave you, one of those, and you guys can look at the note to get the exact details, but one of those is one a, a person that is working for Ivan that is supposed to help you guys get on the inside once it fades to night. Ooh, is that a party? Oh my god, I love parties. I hope they have Seder books there. My jaw, Tara's jaw is on the floor. She thinks this is blasphemous and taboo, but somehow... Uh, torturous and she's not entirely sure if the people are doing it as a ritual she's just going to look kind of horrified can, can we go to the seda box stand i really want to get another drink please i don't think they're going where we're going oh okay do you guys see garlic anywhere i'm gonna look at him as if he has asked me have you seen my asshole <laughs> lately <laughs> i'm <laughs> I'm gonna look at him with complete confusion. Do, do I know what direction east is, where the eastern wall is? Yeah. Do I see garlic, Jonathan? <laughs> Mr. Okay, yeah. So you, you guys start you guys start walking around the perimeter of the the manor. You guys immediately notice that these are very very high walls. You guys are gonna need some kind of pretty serious climbing equipment. Uh, this is probably also part of the reason why you guys are going when the sun sets, is to give you guys some semblance of cover because from here you guys can see the wall right so if you guys are climbing up it presumably if anybody looks up at the fucking wall they'll see you guys on the wall and be able to alert the arntelli family yeah that's what i was worried about when you said it was still light yeah um but it's also worth noting a lot of these creatures probably have dark vision so even that might not save you guys but again, what you guys gather is that this person that you guys are meeting with probably has some stuff to help you guys. Yeah, like I feel like we'd be able to sniff it out if we just kept walking around. There are a lot of food stands, it's worth noting. That's fair. But okay, regardless, you guys start going towards the eastern uh, part of the property. You guys were coming from the north, so you guys have to kind of go a little bit. Um, as you guys are going, you see that thankfully, for the sake of your sanities, the marching band went the other direction from you guys, so you guys don't have to, like, see them. But you see they are literally doing a perimeter as well around the property, funnily enough. 
Um, but you guys turn uh, the corner and continue going down for a bit, and eventually you guys do see a, a lot of the stands are kind of labeled with kind of like a drawn painting of sorts, so that people can see what you know they sell. And you guys smell and see the roasted garlic stand. Um, you guys see that it is on the south. So you guys have to walk the entire stretch of the property, which is funny, uh, down the eastern side. But you guys see that it's at the south southeastern southeastern basically corner of the property the, the, the property is shaped like a square um you see that it dips in a little bit there's these guard towers as well on top of the uh the wall itself um but as you guys approach you guys see that there is funnily enough a gnome notably less old than ivan uh there's a gnome manning a roasted garlic stand uh. You know, I completely forgot that Ivan was a gnome, and now that makes me reconsider how much fear anybody should actually have for him. Terrifying. I remembered he was a gnome the whole time he was being all creepy on top of that place we were at earlier. Yoda is the most feared. Okay. Yoda is very Evil Yoda. Have y'all seen Evil Yoda? What? No? No. At some point, look it up. There is an evil version of Yoda. That's not cool. Well, let's buy some garlic. Yeah, let's just interact. I would like to approach and look at what food is offered, if if there's more than one choice. (laughs) There is artisanal roasted garlic. Uh, (laughs) um, There's uh, like honey artisanal roasted garlic. God damn it. (laughs) Yeah, there's there's a honey artisanal roasted garlic. There's kind of a a strange oil, uh, oil soaked uh, artisanal roasted garlic. Um, Some black garlic. uh, Either I was actually just about to say there's roasted black garlic as well. And as you approach this gnome, he kind of looks to you guys and nods, wait, uh, smiling. Doesn't say anything yet. Any deals for one troubled of faith? Only for those that are willing to let their hearts travel a little bit. We've traveled far looking for delicacies. Might you have any? Oh, but of course, uh, my uh, garlic supplier told me that some wonderful travelers might be coming in from town. So you'll see here, (laughs) he holds up a singular clove of garlic that has been torched a little bit too much. Like you see that it is almost ash. You see here, this one, I've uh, done a poor job of this one and unfortunately must kind of pushes it and pulverizes it slowly with his fist into the table. Unfortunately, it needs to be disposed of now, but um, I think that when the solar chariot finishes her rotation, it's the best time to enjoy your roasted garlic. And he nods toward, like, upwards slightly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still a little bit early. But he's kind of telling you to maybe stick around. Well, thank you. We'll see you soon then. We have many other uh, stalls to peruse. Very well. I hope to see you soon as well. Um, He kind of nods to you. Um, And as you guys have this conversation, Tara and Davina, you guys saw Tucker's eyes were kind of a little bit squinted in concentration and focusing on this interaction with uh, with clearly somebody that uh, works for, is related to in some way, Ivan, and is very focused on this conversation. You guys don't understand it. And Davina and Tara, you guys aren't the type to really stare and just try to pay attention the whole time. So you guys kind of start looking around a little bit, you know, taking in. There's a lot of nice smells. There's a lot of cool people. And you guys see a few stalls over at a, uh, a stall selling kind of aged, funky-smelling cheese. There's a uh, a bluish-green humanoid standing there. They're wearing these elegant bluish robes. There's a kind of distinguished crest on their shoulders and robes. And uh, they're also wearing these silken boots. Very fancy folk. 
while you guys are kind of standing here and the two of you kind of like I, I, I imagine like maybe Tara sees her first and just like elbows Davina's like oh like you guys see this person um, they have shoulder length wavy hair that literally is moving in a way very similar to seaweed in water she turns in your guys's direction feeling your gaze and her eyes lock onto Tucker uh-oh. And you guys see uh, several interesting emotions kind of flash through this female water genasi's eyes. And she seems confused for a moment as to what emotion to settle on before she clenches her fists and seems to come to some kind of uh, decision and starts to briskly walk over. Do you guys do anything? Bitch. <laughs> Stop her! <laughs> Uh, I'm uh, not smart enough to do that. I caught on yet. Yeah, I'm definitely dumb. I'm still pointing. Tara has pointed. Has not stopped pointing. Pretty lady is arriving. <laughs> is now turning head and pointing as closer. How does she... that was bad description, Kylie? Hold on. Hold. <laughs> no. No. Can do better. Tara pointed at her and dropped her jaw the minute she saw her, but is now tilting her head in confusion, continuing to point as she approaches. Very eloquent. So, as she walks past you guys now, just a little bit past you guys, because I kind of imagine Tucker maybe went forward to talk with the, the garlic guy. You guys are walking, you know, not wandering necessarily, but not really staying in one spot. She brings, opens her, her clenched fist, one of her clenched fists, to a palm and brings that hand back and fully just smacks Tucker in the back of the head as he's finishing this conversation. Oh, that's pretty bad. Mm. So from my perspective, I just got smacked in the head out of nowhere. This is unfortunately a familiar feeling. Um, Tucker Shelby, you absolute piece of shit. I have been trying to find you for years, and I randomly find you near the Arantelli Manor? Where in all of fucking Zorak and all of the Hells combined have you been hiding? This is not good. I'm gonna clutch my pearls. <laughs> Silence! Don't has you done ignore me. I can. I. Look, I am not. My father, I can fucking tell the difference between one turtle and another turtle. You may have these fancy new looking spines, very cool by the way, I like the color, but you <laughs> turn around this fucking instant. I think Davina's just shook, just eyes wide. Can I um, speak to her in Aquin? Ooh, do you want to? Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you. You haven't used it for a little bit, but you, you remember how to speak it, obviously. So it does come out as a bit of a stutter at first as you're trying to remember how to use the language. But go ahead. You can just speak English, obviously. Sarah, I can't talk now. She narrows her eyes at you and you see her brilliant blue eyes are still extremely bright and normally very pretty. Right now, not a pretty look because they are... Point, point it, they are squinting at you with a lot of anger behind them. And she does something that she used to do when she first started learning magic, which is she puts one finger into her hair, and you see she pulls out a curled copper wire and starts to kind of fiddle with it. And as she's doing this, she kind of calms down visibly and you see her very quickly code shift from this very upset woman to a very, very calm, soft-spoken water genasi. Ah, I see. I'm sorry that we can't talk right now. I was just a little bit concerned as to how long it's been since I've seen you, dear friend. Keeps her facade, or like her, her face, pretty stoic during that. Very kind expression. Does grind the dear friend part a little bit. As she's saying this out loud, however... Okay, good. You hear a voice in your head... Oh! As she casts the message cantrip okay. simultaneously to talk to you. 
and basically says something similar to what she had said out loud, which is, where have you been, you piece of shit? She then continues using the message cantrip, and out loud she's saying very, very just kind of similar, like, oh, you know when you have an essay and it needs to be 2,000 words and you fucking, yeah, <laughs> that, basically. She's elongating every sentence of like, oh, the day is nice, then instead of being like, ah, yes, the tidings of da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Um, but through the message cantrip, here's what she says. When is the last time you saw your family? Your dad? Your brothers? Have you even, did you even tell them that you left? If you're... That you're not living with me anymore? If you're so curious where I've been, why haven't you asked your father? You stupid fuck! You think I haven't? Ooh, child. Don't place blame where you don't know you belong. Ooh, child. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> Look, we can talk more about this later. You're telling me where you're staying, and we're going to talk this through later, because you... Looked like you've gotten into something, but either way, you need to go see your family. I've been sending them money. <sighs> Madeline Barrel. Okay, Madeline Barrel. All right. In two days. Two days. Uh, from the outside, Tara Davina. She's just rambling at this point about. Oh, how the, the, the ocean tides have been moving in a pleasant way. And then suddenly she just lets go. Of, uh, she puts this weird thing back in her hair, fishes into her ropes, pulls out a small scroll, and shoves it into Tucker's chest and puts his big claws over it. Nice to see you too, Aranti. In, like, not in the message. Well, that's cold. Using her formal name and not her casual name? Yeah, that's... All right. No, no it's that's the one I spoke out loud. Correct. Yeah, but that's... Do you use Sarah in the message? Yeah. Or oh, I didn't, I didn't yeah, ever mean yeah, to say yeah, Sarah yeah. out loud. Okay. She gives you a curt nod and <laughs> speaks out loud saying... Ah, it was wonderful to see you again, dear friend. I hope to see you again soon. And in your head, you hear, Get used to this face. You're seeing more of it again. Before storming off. I mean, despite all of the formalities that we just saw, I still haven't forgotten the fucking backhand slap or slap (laughs) back of the head. Out of nowhere, that's got me shook still. And then her, like, really quick code switch. Yeah. <laughs> that must have freaked you guys out. Oh, yeah. I, I just imagine, like, she's being super, like, formal, but, like, you just have a face of abject horror as you're just, like, watching her. No, not, not horror oh, yeah, for me. I would like to, to mention, we didn't we didn't fully talk this out. She chewed him out in his brain for, like, a good five minutes. Yeah, so it's like, she's just, like, talking. There were many more lines of, you piece of shit, you fuck, why, oh, yeah. a lot of bad names from before when they were younger. Davina and Tara have not moved. Jaws still on the floor. Looking at you, very... Perplexed. Well, let's go get some other food then. Walks off, nothing happened. And he just kept talking to her. He j- I, d- I don't even know I'd what like to, say. to now you buy know? a funnel cake. I see a funnel cake nearby. <laughs> I, I, kinda, I, I kind of feel embarrassed for you a little bit. And like, I, yeah, I, as you guys are, as, as Davina and Tara are just looking and watching, you guys see Tucker walks away like a good five or six stands and then just buys a funnel cake and well, she that, That's where like, the embarrassment comes from. Because it's like you're just trying to play it off like nothing happened and I know that's exactly what you're doing. <laughs> and now yeah. I'm cringing even harder. I'm going to follow Tucker and then stand not behind him in line at the stand, but like beside him and turn around so that he like, we're shoulder to shoulder, but facing opposite ways. You took that as if you deserved it. So who's the girl? You wouldn't know anything about whether I deserve that or not. And it's none of your business, Tara. Oh, touchy touchy, very guilty. Oh yeah, so touchy. Are we the only one that's touchy, Tara? Well, my touchy-touchy didn't <laughs> slap me in the face. Didn't touchy-touchy me. It touchy-touchy you. <laughs> Can you stop saying touchy-touchy? 
<laughs> I literally only said that because you led with it. <laughs> and now it's ballooning into this thing that's making me uncomfortable. <laughs> well, my touchy-touchy didn't slap me in the face. So I was just curious if you were going to elaborate if it on... did, would you want me to ask a million questions about it? Well, if it did in front of you, I think I'd have to explain something. Was that your ex-girlfriend? Davina! No, Davina! <laughs> oh. It just because that seems like... It was like never my girlfriend, Davina. Oh, that sounds like something someone with an ex-girlfriend would say. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Maybe, maybe it was never his girlfriend... But he wanted it to be his girlfriend. Or maybe it was like one of those situations where like she likes you, but then like you didn't like her back, so then she was like really upset about it. What about like, you like rejected her? What about forbidden love? What if what if what if Yeah, it could be like one of those unrequited love stories. Or even better than the unrequited love, what if it's like, oh yeah, they were like siblings and then I'm turned finishing into the rest of my funnel cake as quick as I can as this is happening. <laughs> I am walking then, behind the stall and using shell armor defense. And then, and then dad was like, no, no, you can't. No, you can't. Oh, it's like reconnecting with your mom. For the remainder of the 30 minutes, Ky- uh, <laughs> Kylie, Tara and Davina are just side by like set, like side saddle next to Tucker, just rattling off so many different possible scenarios, each more insane than the next. By the end of it, they're saying, "Holy shit! Did you have like was she actually like your long lost sister? And then you guys got like married and then left and came back together and then you found out that she actually wasn't your long lost sister." No, it was his mother. Can you imagine if that was his like? What the fuck is this, Oedipus Rex? Yes. Like. It just goes into like a hundred different. You, she, we've made her into everyone she could possibly be. Your father, your fuck. Like, <laughs> can I still hear them when I'm using shell armor defense? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I'm not popping out for the whole time. I just picture you in there with like fucking Game Boy and some old headphones, just mad. Yeah. You know what's funny is the first thing I thought of is, can I play the knife game in my shell? <laughs> Anyways, so that goes on for the rest of the 30 minutes. Some time passes, or yeah, and you guys go back to the stand. Uh, Tucker kind of pops out. You guys go back to the stand, and you guys see that the gnome, uh, who is kind of gesturing you guys to, to come over, and that's why you guys come over, nods to you guys and kind of holds up a hand and then points to a nearby kind of stone behind him, and you see... As he's doing this, the marching band procession has gotten in front of his artisanal garlic stand. They're extremely, extremely loud. It seems like the song has still been going on. It's kind of on repeat, honestly. But as this spectacle goes on, a lot of the attention is diverted from you guys, and he slides a rock from the uh, from the wall in this little alcove behind the rock you guys see there's a strange silk rope it's very long he hands it to you guys it's about like 15 pounds it's actually quite heavy and says to you guys uh, he can speak normally because of how loud the procession is and again as this procession goes past the, the marching man everyone's attention is on it He turns to you guys and says, This will get you to the top of the wall. It's magical. It's self-guiding. The activation word for it is the name of your employer. Speak the word, grab into the wall, looks to Davina, do some special magic to ensure your success, and you'll crush the head of the bird before it shits on us all. Slides the rock back into place. Looks to the procession. There's still... It's really long procession. They're almost fucking leaving. The sun has almost set. When they make that last turn around, when they're finished with it, they do fireworks. Under the cover of those, you guys will sneak up. Your employer wanted me to tell you that he wishes you the best. And he looks forward to seeing how well you do. He does like a slight head 
nod slash slight like incline bow almost um, and steps back into his cart and he you see he kind of kicks a little panel at the bottom and this cart kind of moves a little bit and shifts back closer to the wall and then expands ever so slightly before he starts pulling out kind of these extra little like foldable little uh, like wooden walls essentially um, to show more merchant uh, more food being sold and it's enough to kind of obscure you guys from anyone that's curious enough to glance over and then he goes in front of it and starts to man the stand what would you guys like to do Ivan biggest one first <laughs> you just call him fat no um, <laughs> oh, he, he used it first and I said wow thanks man biggest one first Okay, cool. So you guys start, or you guys each kind of grab onto the rope and like fucking Mary Poppins, it starts to just slither its way directly up without you guys touching. You guys are like Mary Poppins in this case, holding onto it. It literally just drags you up with it. Um, I think actually I've used this item in a past campaign, so I don't know if Michelle actually remembers this, but this is a pretty fun item. Um, but it starts to slither up the wall, hugging it very tightly, but you guys are holding on to it. It's a little bit jarring because it's just like pulling you directly up. As you guys go up with the fireworks going on, uh, the fireworks haven't started yet, but with the procession nearing the, uh, the, the entrance, the southern entrance of the manor, the manor grounds, the wall. You guys see there is one last hurrah that is done. You can hear it even as you guys are going up, even with this wall separating you. And with this last hurrah, you guys suddenly hear a series of pops of just as they are, and they are followed by a kind of a noise that sounds almost like a, a, a scream, like a like elongated scream. And you guys see these streaks flying towards the sky, way, way above. And there's a moment of silence. And then what feels like a second sun appears <laughs> as this enormous explosion happens. There's uh, all these different uh, little explosions, and they're little, um, are differently colored. Uh, there's mostly just kind of the, the beautiful maroon colors of the uh, Arantelli family, um, but it is thoroughly enough of a distraction to give you guys each advantage on the stealth roll that you guys have to do. Everyone go ahead and give me a stealth roll with advantage. I will say that we're doing group stealth rolls, so there is a DC that I'm kind of looking at right now that you guys need to collectively pass. Well, let's hope my second roll is better, because that was a one. I will say if you wanted to, you can you could have casted Pass Without Trace on everyone. If you wanted to save the spell slot, that would be fine, too. Then, sure. Yeah, I'll cast... Uh, 21. 18, my stealth is... 0, so plus 10, 28, 30. You got a nat 18? Yeah, we both did. Wait, what? We both did. Ah, uh, so that was a 21, a 28, and a 30. Mm-hmm. Pass without trace is what pretty is good. When yeah, you do that, plus done. my... Collectively, that's that fucking That plus like, my proficiency is 16 already. Jesus. Uh, yeah, you guys totally clear it. No one notices you guys going up. Um, the number to beat combined was 55. <laughs> you guys got 79. Oh. Um, <laughs> so you guys easily clear that. Um, this Eric is giving me a strange look when he's doing math in his head, but the reason why the DC was pretty high is because of the fact that you guys are going in broad daylight, even with distractions and everything else playing into it. This is like, there's a lot of people that should be able to see you. I wasn't yeah. thinking that. I was just doing the math in my head. We would have lost by one if you didn't cast Pass Without Trace. Oh, oh you are welcome, <laughs> sir. So you guys go up the wall. And as the rope guides you guys up the wall, uh, over the wall as a matter of fact, and actually down into some nondescript bushes in the courtyard of the property, you guys 
get a pretty good view of the property grounds. Um, and in the far distance, uh, past uh, a decent amount of the, the property, you guys can see rock training dummies that signifies to you guys probably the location of the training grounds. As a matter of fact, you guys see there's scorched earth there mm. where should everything go right, Phoenix Arntelli should be meeting his end. And that is where we will end the session for today. Ooh. 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 How is everyone? Frightened. I'm excited. <laughs> I want to kill this I'm guy. I'm excited too. <laughs> I don't know. Some, some we we have been like prepping this for a long time in terms of you guys going and killing him. This has been like going on for a really long time. In, in like real lifetime, this has been months. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that I've been waiting to kill this asshole, whom I, I uh, whom I've never met, that. but he's an asshole. Yeah, nonetheless, dude. Eric's fucking face when I described Sarah and he started to realize who I was talking about was fucking golden. Holy shit. Yeah, I was acting. It's sad that we don't record this. No, but you were just you I, I could see the, 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 the fucking words on your eyes of you bitch like to me <laughs> fucking taking advantage of it. You know what I think is really cool? Every gnome that we've met has been a fucking badass motherfucker. I don't know where the gnomes are from, but they must be from a fucking tribe of Mad Max looking, acting all rough and tough. Because every single one of them is like, hi, I'm a lovely merchant. Do you want a knife? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> every single one of them we've met has, like, the has such a facade. You want to buy a shank? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Seriously, though. I can teach you. I can show you how good it is. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's my take. I feel like all the gnomes are badass. All right. Anyways, um, with that, I think we can call it for now. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining us at the After Hours Adventures podcast. <laughs> we we didn't uh, we didn't partake in drinking activities today, but maybe you did. Maybe you still have a little bit at the end of that glass mug. I really want somebody to be drinking out of a hunting horn because that just sounds awesome. Um, but. Uh, Oh, we can't even wait. We can't even do a clink we can, because nobody was drinking. Wait, I have a, I have a, I'll do, I'll do a fake clink of water. Anyways, um, is that plastic? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh, honey, no. Flaccid, flaccid cup noises. Um, anyways, thank you guys and good night. Oh, 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 God. Oh, better. Okay. Thank you, Eric. Thank you.